listening and welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny. It is December 17th, 2015. I hope everybody's doing well. Do you know what a pleasure gap is? Well, you know, on Guys Guys Radio, we've talked about all kinds of things about life, love, and the pursuit of happiness. We haven't gotten too sexual on the show. And it is a part of intimacy, and it is part of relationship, and it is a part of communication between couples. And there is a thing called the pleasure gap. About a year or so ago, I was contacted by a company who had a men's product, a product for ED, and I did a little promotional work with them, and it was uh, it was all about the pleasure gap. And the pleasure gap is basically when uh, the man, in most cases, comes to orgasm, has an orgasm, and the woman is left wanting and waiting and interested in an orgasm, but in the many cases, when it comes to sexual intimacy, uh, in fact, they say 70% of cases, there's no or not enough of clitoral stimulation. So this evening on Guys Guys Radio, we are going to talk to Alexandra Fine. She's part of the team at Dame Products, along with her partner, uh, Jane <coughs> Lieberman. And they're going to talk about, uh, well, Alexandra is going to talk about their product, Eva. And Eva is a non-intrusive couple's vibrator. And we'll find out about what that's all about and how it works. And uh, and I think one of the fun things about this product and this guest is that they did an Indiegogo campaign and they they really raised a lot of money, more money than for a lot of different products in a lot of different categories. So my hat's off to them on that. And you know, Guys, Guys Radio is all about when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. So let's talk about a way that women can win and men can win also. So we'll get to uh, Alexandra in a few minutes. Let's just uh, start out with just a review of what's going on in the Guys, Guys world. Uh, We're broadcasting from Harlem, New York City. Um, It's been rainy today in New York, but the weather, you know, it's been crazy here. unseasonably warm. It's going to get a little more seasonable. And then they say for Christmas, we're going to have the warmest Christmas in history of recorded history, I guess. And uh, so we'll see what happens. They're saying maybe close to 70. And uh, I don't remember it ever being even near that, but I'll take it as long as the planet isn't burning up at the same time. Uh, So we'll get into that. And, you know, when you get to the holidays, we just had Hanukkah and Kwanzaa's coming up and Christmas is coming up. Uh, A lot of people take some time to reflect on what's been going on during the year. And there's a lot of depression also, because maybe things aren't going the way you want them to be exactly. Because a lot of people don't realize that everything is based on choice and based on how they frame what they see and what their life's all about and the agreements that are made by doing so. And we actually all are the way it is. And uh, it seems like this time of year, a lot of people have a problem because they get depressed. Things They don't think things are going their way. They're not sensitized and cognitive of the lessons that they're here to learn. And uh, they just kind of go off the rails a little bit. My suggestions would be simply, you know, get outside every day. No matter what your situation is, you can get out in the air, do something, get the sunshine, uh, you know, exercise, read, don't watch too much TV. My God, if you turn on the TV TV now, it's like 
all it is is terrorism and fear. And, you know, things have happened. There's been some bad things happening. Of course, the San Bernardino uh, tragedy took place a couple of weeks ago. 14 people were killed. And I'm not minimizing that. But there's 300 million of us here in the United States. And that was a, that was, that was a terrible, terrible thing that happened. And we have to be aware of what's happening out there. But you know what? It's not like we're under siege here. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't believe that. That's a, that's a perception and the, the media keeps stoking it. So live your life, do your thing. And uh, we'll see what happens with everything else. Um, speaking of which, I don't know if anybody caught the Republican debate the other night. My goodness, everything was about let's kill them and uh, let's shut down the parts of the internet and let's prevent Muslims from coming into the country. Like, oh my goodness, uh, not a lot about diplomacy, not a lot about statesmanship, not a lot about not a lot about love at all. It was very much let's carpet bomb them, kill their families. I, I, it was very blood curdling debate in my opinion but uh hopefully hopefully the consciousness of our country is is higher than that so we'll see what happens elsewhere you know this is the time of year where football starts to really gain momentum i know a lot of people a lot of men a lot of women are in fantasy football leagues and they're in the playoffs now and of course a lot of people got eliminated last week and there's this week and then there's next week and that's it so there's a lot of focus people are adding and dropping players and there's a lot of attention. It's amazing what fantasy football has done for uh, the NFL. Whereas, you know, baseball never really uh, embraced fantasy sports. Football has and very good decision. I mean, they post all the fantasy numbers all the time. They have shows about fantasy, whereas baseball, a couple as, as little as a couple of years ago, base, and Major League Baseball wanted to start charging for the usage for, of statistics by the rotisserie and fantasy leagues. I mean, they just didn't get it. And that's why football has surpassed them as, uh, I think, the national pastime now. Everybody loves, it seems like, loves football. It's made for TV. I mean, it's a game that's horizontal. It goes across the screen. There's a lot of pageantry. There's a lot of color. There's a lot of conflict. The plays start. They stop. They start. They stop. You can go up. You can get a bag of potato chips. You can get your beer. You can use the bathroom. You can come back. It just fits very well into our culture. And, of course, it's got the prerequisite violence that everybody seems to love so much. So anyhow, this is the time of year where football really starts to ramp up. And then January is like all NFL. So uh, we're getting there. But we'll be doing a little bit of a review on uh, where we are at the end of the year next week. We've got one more show this year. We've, we're up to about 175 Guys Guys Radio podcasts. And, you know, the whole thing began, this whole Guys Guy platform uh, began with my novel, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love, which is available. Uh, you can pick it up on Amazon. It's in some bookstores, but you can get the physical copy or uh, the ebook. And it's a great stocking stuffer. It's a great gift because it's uh, been called The Male Sex in the City by Dan Wakefield, one of the most uh, important writers of the 20th century. And, uh, and it's a lot of fun. And from there, we got Guy's Guy's Radio. We have my website, robertmanny.com, where there's over 250 blog posts, weekly blog posts. I just was contacted by another company that they want to uh, do a content partnering with me. So the word keeps getting out there. And it's all about when men and women can be at their best, everyone wins. Better men, better world. And a lot of the guys, guys brand, people ask me, is it for men? Is it for women? Well, it really, just like the novel, gives women a peek under the tent into what's going on inside the hearts and minds of men. 
And it also is for men to be the best they can be because, uh, you know, this is a time where men are kind of under the spotlight and uh, they're squirming under the spotlight. And uh, and we're going to talk about that also with Alexandra, who I'm going to bring on in a few moments. Also, if you want to catch up with me, Facebook, Robert Manny Author, Twitter at Robert Manny and YouTube, Robert Manny Author. We've got lots of videos, Ask the Guys Guy and some promotional stuff on there and uh, a lot of fun things. So. Wishing you all the best for a holiday season. Now, let's uh, talk about this week's guest. Um, you know, I mentioned the pleasure gap earlier on, and it's really, you know, it's what happens a lot in relationships. Uh, and particularly, I think it's happening a lot with millennials. Now, millennials have the advantage of all this technology to bring them closer together, yet it seems like the communication gap, the chasm between the sexes communicationally, whether it be for intimacy, or just regular communication, seems to be further and further away. We got young guys who seem to be caught between the MMA and manscaping. And you've got Gen X and boomer guys who they're not sure what their roles are anymore. And at the same time, you've got women who have done an amazing job over, over history and are only now being recognized for all the wonderful things they're doing. So they're moving ahead and they're getting recognition and the training ain't going to slow down. And I always tell guys, this is the greatest time to be a man because women have, have really have really doing great things. All the pressure isn't on you. All you need to be is a man. I think most women want guys to be guys. And uh, a lot of guys are squirming under that microscope, squirming under that spotlight. They're not sure what they're supposed to be. And, uh, and it's a balance too, because a lot of women have been so successful in business and have become very aggressive that the guys get a little gun shy and it's tough. But everybody can win. If you're a guy, it's never been a better time to be a guy. Be confident. Be who you are. Be normal. Be smart. Be sane. Be articulate. And you won't have any problems with women, especially if you have confidence and you're comfortable in your own skin. If you're women, understand that guys are not sure who they are right now. And you're just going to have to deal with it or, or move on on your own. But uh, there's going to have to be a little bit of empathy from both sides. And I think it's a great time for women, too, because of all they, they don't need men the same way they did in the past. And it's great. And let's talk about sexually. You know, when I started out, you know, I'd have to go to a bar and say, hi, my name's Bob. Can I buy you a drink? Well, things have changed now. You've got Tinder. You've got Match. You've got so many apps and websites that. You can meet somebody and track them and troll them before you ever meet in person. There's even an app that takes you from online and schedules a date for you because people nowadays are so messed up that they don't even know how to get together physically. It's all about texting and and just doing things through apps. So, of course, sexuality is going to suffer. And I'm really glad that Alexandra is on the show and uh, she's, he, she's going to talk about her and Janet's product. Uh, because it's it's something that addresses this pleasure gap where men are getting off and women are saying, hey, how about me? So it's a good thing. So let me talk a little bit about our guest, Alexandra Fine, and we'll bring her right on. She graduated from Columbia, a master's in clinical psychology, concentration in sex therapy, and she's worked to promote sexual health and multiple nonprofits. She's chaired her undergraduate sex week and taught sex education programs. And then she got some... Uh, uh, she got some experience in the business world, and then her and her partner, Janet Lieberman, they decided to do some crowdsourcing for a new sex toy, which is uh, called Eva, 
or Ava. I'm not sure. I think it's I think it's Eva, but I'm sure they'll I will be corrected if I'm wrong. And it's the first one of their inventions, and it's quickly become the number one crowdfunded sex toy. And it's put them in the spotlight for their uniquely engineered couples vibrator aimed at closing this pleasure gap. And they've already hit a million dollars mark in pre-sale revenue. So Dame Products is primed for expansion, ready to keep making the world a better place. One vagina at a time. I love it. So let's bring on our guest right now, Alex Fine. Good evening, Alexandra. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Very good. Well, thanks so much for being with us on Guys Guys Radio. Um, this is new territory for us. We're going to talk about a product, which we rarely do, but also we're going to talk about, um, we don't talk about sex that much in the show, and I think we should. And, you know, when I started promoting this, I got a lot of people wrote to me like, 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 like. So this is great. So I'm thrilled that you're here. And I guess the first obvious question is, tell us a little bit about your inspiration to get into the sex therapy field and then uh, kind of uh, why you thought yeah. of an uh, Eva and other products. Sure. So um, I have been fascinated by sexu- sexuality for a very long time. I think it kind of just comes from just never understanding the taboo. I, I grew up in a really liberal household. And for me and, and the things I was exposed to even at a young age, you know, sex and sexuality was just part of humanity. And I just have always just had this really matter-of-fact attitude towards it. And that seems to always encourage people to talk about it. It's something about about just acknowledging that this is a thing that everybody does, being open and honest. I've always managed to, to start getting into it with people and talking about what makes them tick, what makes them nervous. Um, so that's kind of where my, my passion comes from. And I wanted to be a sex therapist, but then I kind of fell out of love with therapy and ended up working at a startup in consumer goods and then realizing, oh, man, I love I love developing business. Um, what can I do? You know, how can I maybe create something on my own? And then, obviously, every idea I had was around sex um, to some extent. And um, Eva, which was the first product that Dame, which is the name of the company, made, it's a hands-free vibrator that could stay in place. And uh, that was kind of the idea, and we just jumped jumped off from there. Now, when you were uh, kind of thinking about different products, uh, how did you land on, you know, this particular product? Was it to fill the specific need that you saw there, this pleasure gap, and also the gap in the marketplace for this type of product? Was it marketing-driven, or was it experience-driven, or was it anecdotal from other women, or how did you come up with the idea? Definitely a a mix of of some of those, but um, I think that first thing you said, you know, just kind of from talking to women, understanding you know, some of the core factors in making up that pleasure gap that you were talking about. Pretty mm-hmm. much, you know, men have a lot more sexual pleasure than women are experiencing. Um, and why is that? Lots of reasons. But one reason is that clitoral stimulation tends to get put into foreplay. You know, generally, you know, those generally cunnilingus or fingering, all these things happen before sex. Um, and if you are one of the 70%, 70% of women that 
don't have orgasms from um, internal penetration, then having an orgasm during sex, just it's not going to happen for you. So I wanted to create a product that gave women that kind of stimulation during penetrative sex in a way that didn't ask the guy to have a less great experience, which I kind of thought mm-hmm. was the case with some of the other products. Um, started um, creating products from from other other products. Like I would take apart a different sex toy and put a new plastic encasing around it and kind of started from there. But it was definitely about seeing that there was a real need for this, figuring out a way to make something stay in place. And, um, you know, I just, it was funny thinking about how, like, you know, the roller coaster ride of starting a business. But, like, when Mm -hmm. I first, first started it, I was just, I just knew, I just knew that this product was going to resonate with women and men. And it, and it really has. It's just, I mean, it's just taken off. So I think that's because people want it. So let's talk a little bit about um, men with this product because uh, let, let, we'll take a couple of steps back to and we'll work our way to yeah. and from the product because I also want to talk about kind of what you sense. You're a millennial, correct? I'm a millennial. Are you? Is that the, yeah, oh, yes, I am. I, <laughs> okay. Certainly. Okay. Wasn't wasn't a trick question. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I wasn't sure just what you said. I kind of misheard no. you. I was like, <laughs> well, sorry. I think you know. I, I we want to we want to inform our audience. So um, let's talk a little about from your position and the research you've done, and you know, it all led to developing this product. But what what do you, what's going on there in terms of men and women in your uh, generation and uh, dating? You've got all the technology. You've got people hanging out, hooking up, um, is it, do you sense uh, collectively it's better than it's ever been based on, you know, Gen X people or boomers or it sucks or it's somewhere in between or are men just like not, not, not being men anymore? What, what, what do you, what's your <laughs> sense and the women, you know, the sense, cause what, what I hear is that, you know, one constant has been that women, regardless of what's happening with women, they want men to be men and they don't want men just to be t- turn into lumps that get are too malleable. They, they want, they want the guy to be the guy, not in a chauvinistic way, but they want somebody, you know, that who's going to like say, Hey, here's an idea. You said, you like this. I came up with this idea. You want to do it or not. And, uh, and it doesn't seem to be happening as much It's like women have a lot of ideas. Oh, let's, I, I like this food, but I have this other restaurant and then guys start shutting down. They don't express their feelings. And it's, it really seems like a problem. Now I know I said a lot, but I just want to get your take <laughs> on what's going on. You did say a lot. Um, yeah, I, you, you said a lot. And I thought what was really interesting there is at first, like, you know, what does it mean to be a man and kind of defining that at first, because, I think that women and men, I think everybody's always attracted to confidence. I think people are, have always been and and continue to be attracted to people who are self-reflective, people who are aware of their emotions. Like these are, these are things that from both parties make a relationship successful, or I think. Um, So like, for example, when you were saying, you know, having, you know, being able to name your emotions and express your emotions, that's across the board for everybody in just being 
being helpful and, and difficult. It's so easy to say that. It's it's hard to know how you're feeling sometimes, and that's okay. Um, so I know that our generation is it's so hard because, unfortunately, I have not gotten the pleasure of living throughout all the generations. But I think I, I just think we're getting so much information, so much younger, so much more efficiently. We I think we really get to learn as like I think my generation looks to history, looks at the people that have come before us. And um, I, I think we are, I think, I think we're a little bit wiser than, than her parents' generation at a younger age. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I, I think I, that's, you know, I mean, I'm going to get on board with whatever team you put me on. So since I'm a millennial, I'm just going to go ahead and say that, you know, we're the best because, Everybody should root for their own team. Uh, so yes, I don't know if I'm answering your question at all. <laughs> no, your answer is your answer. So yeah, absolutely, that's that that's your answer. Um, you know what? And I, in a lot of ways, in terms of millennials, I have a soft spot for millennials, having been president of an ad agency and having seen a lot of kids come out of college and there weren't jobs and they took you know these intern positions and I insisted that they get paid. And uh, I don't like this whole thing about you get out of school and you have a degree at a good school and you're already in debt and then you have to take a job and not get paid for it. It's ridiculous. I mean, it, it's so wrong. And, and these people are p- being expected to have responsibility and accountability and they're not even getting paid. And it's so wrong. And the talent is there. And it's just a matter of, you know, with anybody, you have to get more experience. So. And I agree with you. I have a millennial who works with me, does a lot of my production. I bounce ideas off him all the time. He's a cool, popular, swinging guy. And um, I think he he and his generation, there is a lot of wisdom. Yeah, but, you know, it takes time to really smooth out the game. So, uh, oh, but, God. Right? Yes. I mean, whether you're a man or a woman. And I guess, for you know, it's interesting. I talk to a lot of dating coaches uh, and a lot of women dating coaches. And I say, well, what's the biggest issue with women? And they say, and I'd like to get your opinion on this, Alex, is they say, you know, a lot of the women, I have to, like, remind them that they're women to kind of feminize them again because they're so used to being so aggressive and so on it that sometimes I, they have to dial back a little bit. What do you think about that? I was, like, unsure what I thought about it. But yeah. this is coming from a woman. This is coming from multiple women who are dating coaches. Well, I think it's an interesting way to phrase it because I think that, like, you know, I don't think being aggressive is ever good for either sex. I don't think it's about being more feminine or more masculine. It's about just being more, just being balanced. Mm-hmm. So I think, I, I think what you probably could say about us is that, you know, women are have been. I think in becoming more relevant in the workplace, sometimes we've gotten the wrong message, which is to be more masculine, to be more aggressive, you know, mm-hmm. to be assertive. But but that assertion, sometimes, you know, you go overboard and go more in the opposite direction. But I don't think it's about being some quintessential gender role and nice and pleasant, mm-hmm. but it is about making sure you're being concerned about someone else's ego but that's both ways it should always be both ways Mm -hmm. that's your right to you yeah i agree it should be mutual respect and and equality um 
But, you know, it, over time, you know, things have changed. We get so equal that, like, men and women are exactly alike, equal and equal rights. But be. I think there's still a little bit, you know, viva la difference. It's not like, you know, I know a, any woman oh, can I, do anything a guy can do. But, I mean, she there's cer- certain things that women are great at and guys are not good at or aren't interested in. And that's great you also. Know, that That is exactly what I found to be one of the most fascinating things for me in my journey in understanding, like, you know, gender and equality and all this, which is, you know, for a while I was like, we're the same, we're the same, we're the same. And it's like, well, you know what? Most men have penises and, and most women have vaginas, right? So, like, let's just agree that that, that in and of itself is a difference. And then there are other differences. There are clearly biological differences, and maybe that does create other differences um, to some extent. I think, though, and I also, I really kind of come to terms with the fact that I believe that there is some something of a feminine design and a masculine design, something that kind of within ourselves that's very difficult to define, to define that is some is like innately feminine. And I believe that we all have, you know, femininity and masculinity within us just to our own yes. special balances, balances. Mm-hmm. but um, that definitely that's definitely been a struggle, especially because like I'm a math and science person I'm really good at spatial recognition you know, like these are mm-hmm. and those are all masculine quote unquote masculine like mental but how, but how I, I feel brain. feminine like how you know mm-hmm. how do we balance these things? Um, right. I'm just going off on a rant again. No, no, that's okay. Well, you know, and it's, you can't, good. you know, the, no, well, uh, that's the idea. So it's like uh, we can't, you know. There's been cultural things that happened over the years, over the centuries, where they had the hunting and gathering thing with women and men doing the hunting and the women doing the gathering, and that's, you know, that's that's somewhat encoded on us, and it, it still takes place a little bit in the corporate marketplace and things have changing and things have changed dramatically in a very, very short period of time. And they have a long way to go, but it's impossible just to do a hard stop and say, we're starting over. Everything starts equally right now. It's a process. And in the process, everybody has to reexamine who they are. And I think a lot of guys are like uncertain as to what's going on. So let's, let's steer the conversation towards sex and we'll get back to Eva. So sexually, do you feel that you know, with men and women, you go out on a date, you know, the last time when I was single and I was single for like 20 years in Manhattan and I, I did everything except I was always hetero. I was never I never went played for the other team, but pretty much mm-hmm. everything else I've done. And, uh, you know, the last woman who besides my wife that I went out with her, you know, she said to me because I never pushed it for sex. I figured it's going to ha- if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And uh, it, whether it's the first date or the 10th date. I only want it to happen when the woman's ready for it to happen because otherwise it's no fun. And it's like, you know, oral sex or something. Some women I found they're terrific at it and others weren't. What what am I supposed to teach them? I mean, they're either going to get it or they're not. And that's, that's it. I let let people be who they are. And if they're good, they're good. And they're not, they're not. And they have other things they do. Great. But the last woman I was with, she said to me, Oh, is this where you sleep? You know, that was her way of saying, let's go to bed. And okay. And we did. But in your in your experience and the experience with your genre and your millennial crew, do you find that the men are still making busting the move or are women like 50 50 on that where they're taking the guys to bed now? First, where do you yeah. see it? 
I think that I'm a New Yorker, and we got to skew. We got to first acknowledge that, right? Like, sure. I think we we're an aggressive bunch here in New York, and I think that it's probably fifty-fifty in New York, but not. Mm-hmm. But I, I bet it's still more. I mean, if you look at social apps, all you know. Uh, first of all, while I am a millennial, I've never gotten to experience things like Tinder because I've been in a significant in a relationship for, for longer than uh, Tinder's been around for. But um, it's still common. The guy is supposed to message first. The guy mm-hmm. says, "Hey." Um, they even have apps where that's the old like where um, I think the girl has to message. Their, there's like an app that's all around that. And I think it's because guys are still expected to make the first move. Um, guys are still expected to pay for dinner. Um, girls now have the option to to split it with them, but it's still, it, it's a shedding. It's kind of like what you said earlier, which is like there was ways that it used to be hundreds of years ago, and that kind of has laid the groundwork for social norms, and while it's shifting, nothing is changing that fast. It's shifting. Mm-hmm. So okay. I'd say I think men are still, you know, providers. Like Those are things that that might be more innate in us than we'd like to acknowledge. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk about sex more with, with Eva. So you have your product, Eva. Just describe it to, to our audience, and then we'll get into sure. it. Sure. So it's a hands-free vibrator that a woman can wear during sex. And what it looks like is like a little like a little beetle or, or spaceship. It's got almost like a bullet with these two wings that, that spring out from like the small vibration in the center. And these wings are bendable. And what they do is they tuck underneath, for most women, the labia majora. But for some women, the labia minora. And mm-hmm. it, it tucks underneath there. You squeeze it, you put it in place, and then it kind of opens up a little bit. And that slight pressure that it places inside of the vulva keeps it in place and um, away from the vaginal opening. So you could still have penetrative sex and get vibration on your clitoris in a way that doesn't necessarily in, like impact the experience outside of that stimulation. Mm-hmm. Okay, and what's the guy, uh, and this I'm not trying to be wise guy or anything, so what's the guy supposed to do? So I think what we, so the other solution to the problem, and it's not really a pro, the issue at hand, which is clitoral stimulation, you have things like vibrating cock rings, and that's something where the guy has to wear it. You know, the guy has to wear it in order to give her the clitoral stimulation. You have other things that go inside the vagina along with the penis. Now a guy has to deal with another object inside of the vagina um, in order to give her that clitoral stimulation. So what is special and unique about Eva is that the, she wears it. It's like her decision to put it on. You know, of course, there's a conversation, and guys, in fact, 45% of the people that have bought our products are men. Um, but it's made to... The whole idea is that it doesn't impact the guy. It's that guys aren't the ones that are having a problem with sex, so let's not change the experience for them. Mm-hmm. How about so, the, you know, with the pleasure gap, but a lot of guys nowadays, this is a, maybe it's just the labeling, but the whole uh, uh, PE 
has an, is an issue now. That's a clinical issue now. That you know, first there was ED, and now there's PE. And uh, and I would think PE with younger guys, with all their worries about everything, creates this pleasure gap or exasperates the pleasure gap because they have their orgasm, and the woman's like, "I want more." Very understandably so. Well, yeah, but I would also. I don't know if it's gotten. I don't think the pleasure gap is worse today than it was 20 years ago. I think it's probably better. Um, and I just think that, I think with younger couples, whenever whenever something is new and novel, it's going to probably benefit the guy. I think for everybody, whenever it's novel, it's funner. But... Um, Women are a little bit more complicated. You know, our anatomy is different. We like different things and have a slightly larger range in our sexual pleasure experiences. Um, So I think for a lot of younger people, when they have sex and then they're not in a seriously committed relationship, they are more likely to, like, let it go that they didn't also have an orgasm or have as great of a time because, you don't, you know, you don't want to get the critiquing book out like immediately. Right. It's mm-hmm. a very vulnerable conversation to have, so you need to work your way there. So, how about um, with Eva? Can women like, hey, I'm going to work today, and I, I got a little yeah. bit extra time at lunch. Can I like pop Eva in and like get a little relief? Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, you can do that with any vibrator. Our vibrator is really small, so it's a lot easier to, like, pop in your bag or wear all day if you want. Um, and, yeah, it will definitely give you a little a little or relaxation, you... some meditation in the middle of the day. Now, if you're out on a date and you're, like, you're into the guy and you say, I'm going to put Eva in just to cover all bases, can you still sit there with a straight face and have a conversation, or are you going to be like, woo? Have you ever seen, um, <laughs> uh, what's it called, it's hysterical literature? It's where I'm sorry, this, what? This artist, there's something called hysterical literature, and this guy, had, um, <laughs> he took videos of women reading, like, famous novels, but they were... <sighs> Underneath the table, they were getting um, someone was using a vibrator on them, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like funny because they're just trying really hard to read the book <laughs> out loud. Um, they're amazing videos, but I think that just depends on uh, your ability as a woman, woman to control your orgasms and all and all of that. Okay, talk so to us I about think, the. I don't think I go could. ahead. I think I would definitely <laughs> now. Talk to us a little. I got to tell you, I just uh, you know, I, I was with this one woman, and she uh, and we had sex. We we went out for eighteen months, and all we did was have sex. She used to come down to my beach place every weekend. We would go into bedroom on Friday night. We'd get out and go get something to eat the next day. We'd take a walk, whatever. We'd be back in the bedroom. She'd go home on. Sex. We did this for eighteen months, and one time at the beginning, she pulled out a little like it looked like a silver bullet, and it was a little vibrator, mm-hmm. and I was at the time. I was like, well, you don't need that. And I realized that, you know, she did, had to do something to get some more stimulation or whatever. And then that went away. But um, that was the first time and only time I've seen, I've seen that. So I understand that 
clitoral stimulation. And I guess some women get it more than other women and some guys give it more than other guys, whatever. But, um, you know, for me, it's never been, I've never heard it as an issue. This seemed like this was a woman. She was, um, she was in her late forties. So at the time, so I think maybe she was post menopause and, uh, maybe that was a factor in it. But, uh, with that in mind with Eva, is it something that postmenopausal women would get a lot out of? Uh, definitely. I, there are definitely changes to the vagina after menopause, but we haven't had any. Um, we haven't seen any indication that it works better or worse for, mm-hmm. for women in their fifties and late fifties. Um, yeah, it, it, there's like definitely changes to the vagina, but doesn't really seem to impact your ability to okay. orgasm. Now, when you say uh, pre-sales of, you know, a million dollars, what, what do you, how do you define pre-sale? Because the product's in the marketplace now, right? Now it is, yeah. So we had pre-sales of $575,000. Mm-hmm. Um, and, then, and then it got a little, because then it got a little complicated because we started, we shipped out the first like 4,500 units in March. And we then ran out and had sold way more than that amount of units during our Indiegogo campaign. And it continued mm-hmm. to take more pre-orders. Um, so I would say we were still in pre-order phase, even though we had shipped out products. And then in June and July, we were able to ship out another 5,000 units and got all caught up. So now if you go on our website, gameproducts.com, you can um, buy the product and it will ship out in the next few days. Now, how did uh, let's talk if you don't mind a little bit about that whole crowdsourcing, crowdfunding uh, project. How did you decide on Indiegogo? How did you kind of put your concept out there? How how much roughly money did you you know how did it, how does the whole thing work for you? Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think crowdfunding is just this amazing new vehicle for startups to to show demand, show that there's a viable market out there for the, for what they're creating. Um, so for us, we knew that based on um, our our everything from being young entrepreneurs to trying to start a product to make a sex toy, that getting capital in the normal traditional ways that people get raise capital was unlikely for us or would be difficult. So crowdfunding gave us a way to get capital. Um, and kind of also prove ourselves all at the same time. So we chose Indiegogo because it is the second largest platform, and Kickstarter, which is the main platform, does not allow sex toys on their site. Mm-hmm. And we spent roughly like $40,000 developing the product before that point, and a few thousand dollars to you know, make the video, get some press, um, start generating buzz around what we were doing, um, which is really important. You want to make sure if you're running a crowdfunding campaign that that you're constructing the story, that you're really thinking about what you're saying and who you're saying it to and getting influencers and other people out there to, to start talking about you, to share the mm-hmm. story. Um, and then we launched Okay, um, we're talking with Alexandra Fine, the uh, co-founder of Dame Products, and uh, Eva, the uh, 
couples vibrator. Uh, tell us a little bit about your uh, your partner since she wasn't available for the call. Janet Lieberman, how do you guys work together? Uh, very well. Janet is my co-founder. She's actually a brilliant engineer. She went to MIT and then worked at um, Z Corp and MakerBot and Quirky. These are like very cool hardware companies if you're into that. Um, she, before even meeting me and hearing about my idea, was very passionate about making sex toys and starting her own sex toy company. Um, and I, I, we got together one day. We I, I told her about what I was trying to create. She told me about what she was trying to create. We immediately saw that, you know, two minds are greater than one and, and that together we'd be able to make anything more efficiently and just kind of do a better job all together. So we teamed up and, I mean, it's just amazing because she brings so much product development um, experience to the table and then I bring a lot of knowledge about sex and sexuality and, and the market. Mm-hmm. Um, and together we, you know, we're starting to develop new products now and we are really data-oriented, which is which is great. Um, and, yeah, I mean, we work really well together. Okay, good. I just want to make sure she got a shout-out because she's your partner. Um, Definitely. Okay, just uh, what... What was the biggest challenge you had in coming to market with Eva? Um, there, there were definitely a, a lot of different challenges. I would say that one of the biggest challenges was in product testing. So we knew that in order to sell this product and say that it works, we needed to make sure it worked. Um, and we would make a round of prototypes and get it out there in the market to get feedback from users on on how well it was working, what was working, what wasn't working, and that was incredibly difficult. For, I can imagine. Yeah, well, because first of all, doing sex research, period, is difficult. People don't know their bodies. They don't know their experiences. They're not always willing to be honest with themselves about how they feel, let alone some survey or researcher. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. So there's that, which is, makes it difficult. And then also, if you, we were making a phone app or we were making an iPhone, like these are like other hardware products that we use all the mm-hmm. time. You'd make one. You'd make one thing, and you could have twenty people try it. We cannot have twenty people try the exact same sex toy. We had to make a prototype for everybody that was going to try it, which was incredibly sure. expensive. And um, the other thing was we started off by just collecting information about the woman and her experience, and then we realized that that was we were losing 50% of the equation because if one woman uses it with one guy, she might have a one experience, and if she uses it with a different guy who is, let's say, taller and thinner or something, maybe mm-hmm. there's something happening in that interaction and we're losing that kind of, that data. So it was just really complicated to, to get the full picture of what was going on um, mm-hmm. in the bedroom. Sure. Uh, what would be your one, your best advice to uh, other entrepreneurs like yourself who have a product idea and want to get it out there? And how long did it take to get the product out there also? Two, two questions. So from, okay, so from the moment that I had the idea to mm-hmm. our Indiegogo campaign, it was about two years. 
Okay. Um, wait. It was about one year. Wow. Sorry. That was that was a nice realization for me. Um, it's been about two years now, and it was about one year at the time. That's I, good. Yes, it was. It was great. That, that's that's incredibly fast. And it was six months from like when I met my co-founder. And I would say the biggest piece of advice for my, anybody that's trying to start a, a company or doing something. Go out there. There's a lot of everybody thinks that they need to raise money to to make something happen, but it's amazing how close you can get to showing the value of a product without actually making the product. So, like for example, what I did was like I spent 200 bucks. I went to a sex toy shop, bought some vibrators, took them apart, went to an art mm-hmm. store, got some moldable plastic, and started making vibrators. Just like kind of see how feasible this was. And, you know, I know people who made apps, and the app didn't work at all. Really what would happen was, like, they would be on the phone. Like, they'd have to physically make things happen. So, like, normally you would have things that are automated. But you can do really rough sketches of something to get what, what people call to proof of concept. You know, just get out there. Mm-hmm. And I think you're capable. Everybody's capable of so much more than they give themselves credit for. Except for me, who thinks they can do everything. (laughs) I think it's great advice. Great advice. So tell everybody where they can learn more about Dame Products, Eva, where they can find the product, et cetera. Here's your platform to tell everybody sell. Like myself. (laughs) You guys can go to uh, dameproducts.com. We only sell the Eva, so it should be very easy once you get there to learn more. Um, and we're also in places like Dayland and Good Vibrations, so a lot of your local sex toy shops now have our products, which is really exciting. Fantastic. Well, listen, uh, a pleasure to meet you, Alexandra. Uh, my congratulations to you and uh, Janet, and I think you're doing great work, and I think you got a great head on your shoulders, and thank you for the insights on what's going on with your generation and helping us out on Guys Guys Radio and hopefully helping helping guys out there understand that women's needs are a little more complicated and uh, that there's ways that uh, you can have fun and everyone wins. So thanks so much yeah. for being our guest and uh, happy thank holidays. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, my pleasure. All right. Be well yeah, and thanks. And let us let me know when you have another product, okay? Yeah. You got it. <laughs> All, All right. right. Take care now. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay, everybody. That's our show for this evening. Our special guest has been Alexandra Fine. And, uh, She's a co-founder and co-CEO of Dame Products, and uh, the product is called Eva. And uh, if you want to check that out, uh, check it out. And, uh, you know, we've got one more show coming on uh, Guys Guys Radio this year. It's going to be next Monday. We've got a dating expert. Uh, Shanna James is going to be here. And then uh, we're going to wrap for the year. We're going to take the week between Christmas and New Year's off. And then we'll be back on early January. I think it's January 3rd with Dr. Joseph Gallenberger, who has a uh, two meditation CDs we're going to talk about that are fantastic. And we've got, we're booked through March of next year with guests for Guys Guys Radio. So, it's, you know, 2015, I'll talk a little bit more about it next week. Um, but it's been fantastic. And I want to say thank you to all our wonderful guests and all you listeners out there. And I hope we're providing some insights and some entertainment and, uh, helping uh, 
you know, helping guys be the best they can be and helping men and women be at their best. So everyone wins. So remember everybody, uh, when it comes down to it, guys, guys finish first.